1: Hello and welcome to the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England supporters podcast. First and foremost, I hope you, your friends and family are all well. And whilst there's no football to talk about in these uncertain times, there are a few things going on that we can talk about. One quiet afternoon recently, I sat down with an England history book, a date calculator app and worked out how many days it was since our last international and all the previous Englandless days. Kosovo away seems quite a while back now. And as of the 29th of April, it was 164 days ago. And it equals the previous longest period without a game England have endured, which was back in 1970 when we exited the Mexico World Cup at the hands of West Germany. That was on the 14th of June, losing 3-2 after extra time. And we wouldn't play again until the 25th of November, 164 days later, when East Germany were the opposition and we won 3-1 at Wembley. I know it's a small token, but at least that Kosovo game wasn't a defeat. Previous to that, either side of the Second World War end of 1940 and beginning of 1941, 273 days elapsed. And between the end of 1945 and the start of 1946, which ties in with the end of World War Two, we went 511 days without playing. But the biggest margin was 2,031 days between 1914 and 1919, the period of of the First World War. Now, no doubt, like myself, you've received an email from UEFA or the FA with information about ticketing for the rescheduled European Championships. It would appear that they're going to keep hold of our money until next year. Existing ticket purchases should remain valid, but it seems they're going to open a ticket refund portal, if it's not open already, uh, for those that know that they can't attend for whatever reason. Now I can foresee that this has the potential to be troublesome for many. Best bet is to keep tabs on the UEFA website or wait for updates from the Supporters Club. And speaking of rescheduled European Championships, the women's tournament due to take place here in England next year. UEFA have now officially confirmed it will take place in 2022. The 6th to the 31st of July to be precise. Hardly surprising, really, given that the men's tournament has now been scheduled for next year. But on the day that this was announced, 23rd of April, the FA also revealed that Phil Neville will leave his role as Lioness's head coach next summer, summer 2021. Now, he was originally contracted up until then, which would have been when the original scheduled Euros would have finished. But now with no tournament for the best part of two years the FA now have some time to find his successor. Up until now, Phil took charge of 35 games, winning 19 and losing 11. Although it must be said that seven of those have come since the World Cup semi-final last year. I'm sure we'll look at this a little bit more in depth in a later podcast. Anyway, enough of my ramblings. Coming up on this episode... We'll speak with an England fan from overseas with a twist. Block 109 have announced a new fundraising project and we remember some England players who have sadly passed on. I'd like to welcome back to the three lions podcast cj joiner hello cj hello
0: russ you all right yeah yeah a bit bit bored with the uh with the current situation but um aren't we're we all, all in the same boat really aren't we pretty much so. indeed yeah
1: i mean just to let listeners know you you're actually coming up on a uh on a podcast hopefully very soon we've got your your first england away game that's coming up soon for uh for everyone to uh to be aware of so uh thanks for that one that was coming soon
0: yeah, and it was about as exciting as what our, our lives are at the moment. That game. Oh, so,
1: I yeah, no, no, I don't. you got to sell it. I want people to listen. <laughs> no, it's, it's an exciting one, people.
2: Um, yeah. But no. <laughs>
1: You you're here to uh, on behalf of Block 109 because um Block 109 have uh, launched a new fundraising initiative which is quite exciting and I'm um, I'm pleased to say I have contributed to it um but I was kind of hoping you could uh, maybe explain a little bit about it how it came to fruition how people supporters can get involved and and what they can win really
0: well I was getting a bit frustrated with because um, football of late has had a bit of a bashing, really, with regards to it, there's been a lot of negatives um, about football, not contributing enough, and so on. And I'm looking at it, thinking, well, that as as a set of supporters, we can change this. And then obviously the the players have come out since and they've um, they've said they're going to do things, which is brilliant. But you know, I thought, well, during this current situation and beyond that. We can actually do something together for a relatively low cost. So um, I approached uh, Kenosa Pat, who's been on um, several of your podcasts, and um, he he's actually a frontline worker at the NHS, and also um, Mike Curtis, who's another regular at away games. All three of us are involved in the Block One Hundred Nine initiative. So we we came up with the idea of a of a Block One Hundred Nine Club. The idea was was to raise as much money as possible. Um, and get as many people involved as possible. So, for example, um, I'll use you as an example. Russ, um, Russ pays in uh, five pounds a month, and when he signed up, he got given a number. As with regards to the uh, the team as well, they get a legacy number. So R- Russ has got a legacy number. So nah. if, he t- if he chose to um, not not be involved anymore after about six months and come back six months later, he'd still have the same number. So um, that's how we're kind of doing it, really so um, Russ gets given a number what we do at the end of the month three numbers get drawn out they get drawn out by somebody completely independent we're hoping for somebody from the FA to do it to be honest just to um to make it a bit more um kind of not necessarily a bit more official but just the pro- just a proper way of doing it so that there's there's no accusations of, of cheating or anything like that so the idea is three numbers get drawn out and they get a you know a a smallish cash prize so um 20 quid 10 quid and a fiver the three numbers do and those three numbers belong to the member to three members what we would then do we'd then do it the month after that the month after that and the month after that now i think we've got 23 people signed up at the moment and obviously there's prizes there of 35 quid and so we're thinking well what's going on with the rest the other 80 pounds well the other 80 pounds stays in the pot it stays in our paypal account and what would happen to it it just builds up every month so over the course of the year at the moment with 23 members we'd end up with about around about a thousand pounds now if we based it on that at the end of the year we'd probably be looking at donating maybe half of that to a charity over here right maybe the one that the fa supports maybe a different one you know that the fa is supporting the heads up campaign at the moment so it could be that it could be a a cancer charity or something like that and the the rest of the money would get donated within the cities that we play in let's say for example we played in lithuania again we can only play there so many times but if if we if we played there again hopefully we're playing canals this time and then we would find a local community group before we arrive in in House. we'd we'd sort, we'd find them out and we'd we'd say donate a hundred pounds into that community group now that could be spent on tickets the kids involved in that community group could go to the match when they may not have been able to or we buy some books for them or say half dozen footballs and some cones and bibs or something like that so we're actually helping the, the communities that we actually go to now, obviously, they, these numbers are at the current rate that they are now. But eventually, we could actually be donating two or three or four times what we're, what we're saying. So it's just it's going to build up. The idea kind of came to me because an ice hockey team in Coventry they started one uh, must have been about seven or eight years ago now at least, and they, they had about forty people sign up, paying just under a fiver. It was effectively a pound a week. So it was just short of a fiver. What would then happen? Again, that would get drawn out, and they would win a money can't buy prize. You know, two or three people would win a signed shirt, or one of them would win a place on the bench. They've now got two hundred and fifty members, so they're pay that they're making over a thousand. You know, around about a thousand, maybe eleven 1, hundred pounds per month, oh, which, nice. which is just you know it's just fantastic and that actually goes into support the club obviously ice hockey is not as well funded as what football is so all of our all the money that comes from us will go into a local charity not into a or or a national charity not not into running the fa Um, but so that's the major difference but it just shows that where it can actually go to we could potentially get up to that level and it'd be absolutely fantastic if we do this is a little bit of an appeal as well to anybody that's got any connections that might be able to help us out with some prizes. Because if we can get some money can't buy prizes, it doesn't necessarily have to be England related. It could just be football related or something that you can't necessarily just go down the shops and buy. If we can get some of that sort of thing in, obviously, we can give that out instead of the cash. and. Uh, It'd be fantastic if we could keep all the cash in house rather than giving it, giving it away as prizes, because then there's more money available for the charities and the good causes. But that's that's the position that we kind of wanted to be in. As I said, it's it's it started well. Twenty three people. There's still time to sign up, and um, effectively, you, you just send it off to our um, send a fiver off to our PayPal account. Russell, I'm sure I'll put that out. Um, that PayPal account, the email address um, well, in ha- a tweet. Oh, well, maybe- I have it
1: here as well. I can I can mention it now. Um, yeah, that's fantastic, is, Russ. Which is block one oh nine fundraising at gmail.com. Yeah, as you say, I will of course um, put that on a, a tweet that goes out with this podcast. But yeah, this is a uh, this is a really great initiative, and and as you say, something that um, in this current climate where players and, and football in general get a little bit of a, uh, a batter in the supporters and the Block 109 um, initiative to to do this I think is a it's a real positive step forward and and I'm pleased to be part of it and and I wish it all the uh, all the very best of luck
0: yeah, and best of luck to you as well, Russ. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, your name will get drawn out a couple of times throughout the year, and um, you'll get some uh, you'll get some decent prizes there.
1: We yeah. we shall see. I'll keep my fingers crossed. So when when was the first draw going to be made? Do we know?
0: It's going to be made at the end of each month. So we, we said initially that what we would do, we would make a draw once we once we've got sort of twenty people at the end of that month. So it's April at the moment. Um, if we didn't get twenty people by the end of this month, we'd make it at the end of May as the first draw and obviously people have just paid that five in for the first month whether they did it in April or May there's no real time limit of when people can pay in throughout the month it could be literally the morning of when we do the draw it's it's whenever really as I said it's just a reasonably cheap way that people can get involved and in something that could be quite big and could and will be very 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 good for the community of in our country and the communities in which we're playing abroad
1: Great stuff. Well, I wish you all the very best of luck with it.
0: Yeah, thank you, Russ.
1: So welcome to the Three Lions podcast and we're going abroad this time we're going out of england we've spoken to to plenty of england fans in the past but we're doing something a little different we're going abroad we are speaking to an england fan in germany or a german england fan i'd like to welcome marco kunauer hello marco Uh,
2: hello russell i am very uh, pleased to take part at this at this podcast yeah
1: well, well, thank you for uh, thank you for joining us. This is a uh, this is a first for me um, meeting a foreign England fan. Okay, you're you're German, obviously. You're living over in was it just outside of Hamburg?
2: Yeah, I live in the north of Hamburg. It's perhaps uh, forty minutes away from Hamburg, in direction to the north in direction to the Baltic Sea. Yeah, there I live now. It's called New Münster, New Münster. Yeah, a little town with forty thousand people, forty thousand people who live here yeah small town but what uh, nice we have everything here yeah good now
1: i first came across you um and i read about you in the going back to 2017 in the the england v germany program uh, yeah. you had a little feature in that <laughs> well come on then how how did this all come about you're you're a german and you support england how, how did this all happen
2: yeah it's a very interesting question, and uh, everyone is asking me the same question. yeah the The background is, I'm a Berliner, I'm from Berlin, from West Berlin, and um in Berlin, where the Elliot, the West alias, and especially the English soldiers with their families and with their children, with their child. and as a young as a young pupil, you uh, go to school, and after school you have friends. With, uh, them, you are playing and I was a uh, friend of a lot of little English guys. And yeah, they invited me to come to their families. And I was the only German who was in, in friendship with a lot of English, um, yeah, teenagers. And that's the reason why I came into contact with, with the parents and um, especially with the, with, the, with the fathers and yeah there's only one thing you can talk about yeah football yeah. and they talked about football and uh, yeah that was the moment when I was influenced uh, by the virus of England and um, we always talked about the English teams and the national team and living in England and so on and yeah I was uh, nearly every day with them and that's the reason that I became yeah, a real, real England fan, not even for football, but also for the country, for the people and for the majesty and so on. Yeah, that's the reason, that's the background, because of the of the um, divided town, West Berlin, yeah.
1: I see, very interesting. So this, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, how, how old are you?
2: 53 years old, and then my, in May, I become 54, so I'm an old man, but uh, in the no. heart, I am a young lion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that that gives us an idea of of sort of that time and, and when you were young and and playing with those those English boys and meeting the English yeah. families. I I see. I mean, bringing it right up to date. I mean, what what do your friends and your family think about it?
2: Um, let's start with my family. My lovely wife Heike. She's also. An England fan, she loves England in your heart even more than Germany. She comes with me to the England games, but especially to the calm games. Yeah, um, perhaps we were together at Malta and we were together at Wembley and so on. But when we have interesting games, then I will celebrate with my with my uh, English friends, and then my wife stays at home, and then my my son Tobias who's a former professional boxer. And, um, he's also a very, very big England fan, and he loves England so much. And then we go together with my son and meet our English friends and mates at the away games. That's my family. So we are all influenced with the England virus. Um, my friends, my, my nearest friends, accept it. They understand it, and they say, yeah the english uh, football is the homeland yeah or the motherland of football and they accept it, but there are a lot of um yeah i think German neighbors and so on um yeah you know what i mean they mm. they don't understand it and they um, they have a different opinion, but it's not it's i'm not interested in, in them. I have my friends and my family and we have all the 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 english uh, virus um In us, in our heart,
1: yeah. Oh, I see. I mean, you've even gone as far to. I've seen. You've got uh, an England tattoo as well, haven't you?
2: I have uh, more than one England tattoo. I have um, the three lines um, on my right uh, arm. Then I have uh, the letters from England on my right arm and on my uh, chest over um, my heart. I have the English line, yeah, with the England flat. And he has in his in his um legs or in his in his arms the line the the football and has a crown on its on its head so it's it's the symbol for the powerful england and the powerful english football and the powerful english people yeah wow. but it's not it's not the last tattoo um i have a project um when Corona is uh, over and the tattoo um, artists are op- reopened again, then I will have a big England uh, England on my back and letters, in very big letters on my back. So that when you are in the summer at the beach or when you're going to football away matches and um, it's warm outside and you can uh, put off your, your T-shirts, then I will show my support for England. Yeah.
1: Wow, I'll be able to spot you then.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you're you're a braver man than me for for uh, for having the tattoos. I don't think I could. Uh, the idea of having a needle in me makes me go all funny. But I uh, I take my hat off to you. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I mean, I'm starting to think now. I'm wondering if there's a an English fan who uh, who follows the German or the, the German team and the German national um, in the same way as you do. I wonder if there's someone like that. Have you come across anyone?
2: No, I don't know anyone. Um, all my friends and all my mates are um, surprised when I show them my tattoos and so on. No, but um, I can tell you there are some or um, some more German guys who are following um, the English national team. And I have a good mate. Yeah, I uh, met him at the away match uh, at a, at the Nations League game in in Porto. And he has also uh, England tattoos, he follows England away, and he has now the English citizenship. He became ah. an England and he fighted for it uh, five years, and now he has become an, an English one. He has now two passports, England and Germany. Um, um, there are some, some German guys who support England um, as much as me, yeah. Wow. I'm not the only one.
1: Nice, oh, so I see. I mean, let's talk football then. Well, when was your first England game? When do you first remember watching England? And, and then when did you did you come to England and watch? Because every game is an away game for you.
2: Yeah, and that was a problem because I was very interested um, to follow the England games, even at Wembley or away games. And I didn't know about many years how to, to get the tickets for England games because I was not so much involved in the system of CFA and so on and then I lost um, in 2010 I lost my job in the bank and I had time for over half a year um, to join the internet and to join the whole day the the websites and then I was looking for the possibility and asking the internet google how is how it's possible to become an England fan and to to watch England games in England, and then I saw the possibility to get to become a member of CFA, and then I started my first um membership at CFA with a normal um, membership uh, for the for the home games. Yeah, you know, yes. and then we yeah we took part at our first England game with my lovely wife in two thousand and eleven. It was, I think, the european qualification against switzerland in june yeah i think it was a qualification for the european championships yeah okay yeah and then, yeah and then it was our first trip to wembley and we saw our first england game at wembley and then i was in- investigating even more and um, learned um, a few people Um, who, who, who told me how to become a full member with a possibility to follow England away games. Yeah. And then I, um, asked for an England away membership at the, um, at the England supporters club. And then I became with my son and my wife a full member. And from that on, we followed, um, England also away away from England, yeah, when they were playing in in in, in Glasgow in Scotland or when they were playing yes. at Malta and uh, Amsterdam and so on and that was uh, the greatest moment in my life to um, be a part of the England away family, yeah, you know and now at the moment I know a lot of people and it's like coming home it's not like mm. football's coming home, it's like Marco's coming home because I know so many people and they are so lovely and so with such a great heart and um it it's even fantastic yeah
1: wow um i mean what what did the england supporters club did they say anything to you about coming from germany
2: yeah they first they said nothing um but then they recognised um i think two or three years later Um, that I am a German supporter from Germany, an original German one who's supporting England. And then they were asking me in 2017, Richard from the um, England Supporters Club asked me if I uh, would like to play in the England national fan team against the old enemy Germany. (laughs) And, And I told him, yeah, I would do it, uh, so uh, I would love it. But you know, I'm only one hundred and seventy six centimeters, and at the moment in two thousand and seventeen, I had the weight of perhaps two uh, one hundred and seventeen kg. Yeah, I was <laughs> a, a muscular but a little fat man, you know. And I told Richard, "Hey, Richard." When I was playing, I could only stand at the goal. And he said, yeah, it doesn't matter. The only thing, what's interesting is that you play. And then um, they picked us um, up at at our hotel, at the Wembley Arena. We we, we were staying at uh, the um, Ibis Hotel at Wembley. They picked us up and drove us to the playground. And then I learned uh, the other English team members. They warmly invited me to play with them. And we are friends now from this moment on. And a few hours ago, I wrote with a, with a mate of me, or I could say a friend of mine. Yeah. Who's living in Torquay. He was also playing. And I met another member at Porto who was playing in the mid, middle field, um, in the England, England, um, national fan team. Yeah. And that was a great honor for me. The biggest moment in my life to play as a, as a fucking German, yeah, excuse me for this, for this, for this, for this letter. As a fucking German in front, in an England national team against Germany, it was the biggest moment in my life. The biggest <laughs> moment I will never forget. Yeah.
0: Did the
1: did the German team give you any stick? Did you do you receive any abuse?
2: Um no, after the game they were very friendly and we were we were uh, sitting together in a pub because the FA invited us uh, the english team and the german team after the game to a pub and we were all sitting together and all um drinking our pins and they asked me hey how are you as a german in an english team and i explained it like i explained it to you that i grew up in berlin and so on and then they said ah okay that's very interesting we understand Why you feel for England and why England is in your heart? Yeah, but uh, was a very friendly and very warm atmosphere. There were was no hate or something like that or this behavior. It was very very friendly, very good atmosphere.
1: Yeah, oh that's good. I mean, traveling with with England, watching England, you you must. There, I think there's been what two games in Germany that you may may have been to? Was there was the the game in Dortmund? Um, which I've seen a picture of you at, and there was the uh, was there a, the game in Berlin, where yeah
2: I took you, part at those games. Yeah,
1: you went to both of those, and you were in the England end, were you?
2: Yeah, it's it's yeah. Now now we come to a very interesting story. Um, but I can tell you in front of it, I can can say not the name of my mate because he would come in difficulty, or he right. would come difficult. But I will tell you the story. The Berlin game in two thousand and sixteen, I think was playing when my demand for the membership of the away membership was still in process, yeah mm. no but, but yeah, I think when I tell the story, I can get in trouble with myself with the with the english f a so let me let me shorten the story um I was in the away end with my English brothers and sisters. And, um, from that moment on, I was a full member of the away section and I could stand at the away end from England, but even in Berlin, I was standing in the away end. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And and that, that was the same in Dortmund as well, was it?
2: No, in Dortmund, I had the full membership and Dortmund, I was in the away end. I had the uh, tickets from the FA and, um, I was a full member, um, from, from the England away, um club and no in Dortmund I had my 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 tickets from the F A. it was everything was fine and uh okay
1: I mean we're we're all missing football at the moment aren't we it's uh across the world we're all in the same position um, Yeah, and I mean obviously it's a, a very unfortunate situation um I mean over here in England we get a lot of talk about I mean it's just paper talk really and, and talk on the internet of when potentially football might come back and can they finish the season and will international football when will that start I mean what's what's the sort of talk in Germany with regards to like the the Bundesliga and and that sort of thing what what do the German supporters football fans talk about?
2: Yeah, it's the same situation like in the UK. Yeah. <clears throat> the, the new papers are talking about and writing about uh, football the whole day. So the supporters are talking about football and they are even very, very disappointed about, uh, about the situation of coronavirus. Yeah. And, um, but they understand that there's actually no possibility, um, for, for, for coming back to play in the arena. Yeah. They are talking in, in Germany, they are talking about the possibility to play uh, called ghost games without spectators. But um, most of the people um are saying it's it's not comfortable to playing to play ghost games. Yeah everyone is very disappointed and very sad about the situation. Yeah we have a lot of um matches who were very interesting we have the pokal like the FA cup we have cup games yep. we are normally we have on the 20 26th, 26th of may we have the cup final in Germany like the FA Cup final in, mm. and in and, and England yeah yeah nobody knows um how the season is going on and how the season will end of say will, will be games or if we 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 get a um uh, a new champion from from the Bundesliga. We don't know. Yeah, it's it's um, yeah, it's a shit situation. Nobody knows how it's going on, yeah. and even the, the, the second Bundesliga or the third, even the fourth league. Yeah, um, they are thinking about um, about uh, completely lockdown, uh, about breaking up the, the the season and not playing anymore. And yeah, it's a shit situation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I there is I did hear that is it Bayern Munich um have yeah. gone back to training. Is is that correct? I mean, is it a publicity thing or is it legitimate? I yes. think it's gonna yeah. be? Yeah. What, what's the reasoning behind that?
2: Yeah, the the reason the reason even Hertha BSC, um Hertha BSC is the German as a the Berlin football club is also training again. They are playing in little um groups of eight persons, yeah. And no group of the eight persons could get in contact with another group of eight persons because when somebody of the first team is influenced with Corona, they not um, influence the other people with with the Corona virus. Yeah, I think uh, Bayern Munich or Harta BSC or even Werder Bremen, they are preparing for the possibility that the Bundesliga is going on, but nobody knows it at the moment yet. Yeah,
1: yeah well we we watch this space um i mean it, it does appear that germany as a country is is quite well advanced in in your healthcare is is what i'm seeing yeah. so maybe you'll be uh maybe you'll be one of the first to get up and running again we shall see
2: we will see but i don't think so because the government said that big events um are forbidden until the Thirty first of August, um, and bigger events means more than thousand people. Yeah, you know it's forbidden it's in Germany until the end of August. So I think that there's no possibility um, of playing the Bundesliga to the end. Yeah, and there, let me say one thing: uh, there's a club, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yeah, mm. prepares the arena with spectators made of uh, of card. <laughs> of- yeah, of card, yeah. I saw yeah. that, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then they want um over the the, the um what does it mean in English? Uh the, uh, the speakers, yeah. Yes. About the about the speakers, yeah. They want to make the noise like on a normal in a normal uh, Bundesliga game. Yeah, but it's it's only it's only the second choice. We we, we hope the best and Everybody hopes in Germany that they uh, that they will find a medical um, a medicament, yeah, um, to fight the virus, and that it's going on with football and the normal life, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I take it you're you're all fit and well, and your your family.
2: Yeah. Until now,
1: Good. we well, pray uh, to
2: God that it will, it will be in the in the next months uh, also. Yeah, we yeah, pray well, to God. Yeah.
1: Well, let's let's just return back to football briefly. I mean, you're. Going back to England, what what is your your favorite or your best highlight of, of following England?
2: Yeah, I think my biggest highlight was the away game at Hampton Park, Scotland. Oh, Yes, it oh. was incredible. It was an incredible atmosphere. Yeah, to go to the arena to. Be in the arena on the left side, on the right side, above us. Everything was overcrowded with the Scottish fans. Yeah. And I happen to tell you how, how the the ri- rivality between England and Scotland. And it was an incredible atmosphere in the arena. And, um, it was my, I think my biggest highlight, um, to take part at an England game. Even after the game, um, when we went back to the train station, there was a police, (coughs) the Scottish Transport Police, and we wanted to go back to inner city from Glasgow with a train because it was, I think, five or six um, kilometers, um, miles uh, outside from from Glasgow. And the Transport Police said, yeah, no train is running.
1: That's right. (laughs) Yeah, I remember.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) and then we 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 crossed little little houses little ways little streets um to come to the inner city of glasgow and it was an incredible amazing atmosphere and um i will never forget it in the arena the incredible atmosphere never and i think um the second um very very good atmosphere was in berlin when england um won over the old enemy germany air yeah? First, everyone thought that Germany will beat, will beat England. I, I think they made two goals, one or two goals, and England was only with zero goals. And then England won, yeah, three, yes. two over Germany. And it was an incredible atmosphere. Um, even before the game, we were at the Hackescher Markt, at a pub, Kilkenny pub at Hackescher Markt. And we were celebrating with our English mates at the at Hackershire Markt at the Kilkenny pub, uh, hours before the game. So it was also incredible. I have some videos of it and uh, i I watch the videos I think every one every month, one time, because it was a very, very good atmosphere. Amsterdam. Yeah, <laughs> Amsterdam, Amsterdam, my wife is oh, yeah. listening to our interview, yeah, and she said Amsterdam was also she was not with me in Amsterdam, I was with my son. Amsterdam was also cool in the city. But not in the arena. The arena was located not so, not so good and was not such a good atmosphere. I I liked even Malta. Malta uh, was, was amazing because it was different to many other arenas, to many other games. It was in a biological area. There was only the arena and nothing about uh, around. Yeah. It was also amazing. But I think nothing can top um, Scotland. Scotland was uh, brilliant. Yeah,
1: that, that was a good game and one that will live in uh, a lot of England fans' memories. I remember that one very well. Yeah, Marco, yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you very much um, for joining us and taking the time to, to speak to us on the freelance Lions podcast.
2: Really, really big thank you to to you, Russell, for choosing me for such an interview and I would say to all the England supporters and my England family, brothers and sisters I'm really proud to be a part of you and thank you all for taking me on as a German in your great England family.
1: Thank you thank you very much and and we must meet up at the next next England game whenever, wherever that may be uh, let's meet up and have a a beer together.
2: For sure for sure
1: Now, sadly, in recent times, many England supporters have passed away. And my thoughts and condolences are with their family and friends. And sadly, some former England players have passed on too. Now, as I've always done, it's just pay some respects to those that have worn the Three Lions in the past. Peter Whittingham was aged 35 when he passed away on the 19th of March following an accident where he sustained a head injury to which he didn't recover. Peter played for Aston Villa, Burnley, Derby County, Cardiff City, and Blackburn Rovers. And he also appeared 17 times for the England under 21 side, scoring three times. Following a long illness, goalkeeper Peter Bonetti sadly died, aged 78, on Sunday the 12th of April. Known as the Cat, Peter played 600 games in two spells for Chelsea. He won seven England caps, mainly because a certain Gordon Banks was in front of him. And he made his debut in a 1966 World Cup warm-up game against Denmark. He was part of the squad, but didn't play a part in the tournament, but did belatedly receive his winner's medal. Sadly, his time with England is probably more remembered for the World Cup quarter-final in 1970 against West Germany, where he did replace an ill Gordon Banks. England lost 3-2 despite being 2-0 up. It was his last time in an England shirt.
0: Good save by Vanetti. And brave goalkeeping. He went in the second time. It was a 50-50 ball. You can't play the forward.
1: Norman Hunter passed away after contracting coronavirus aged 76. He'll forever be known as one of the hard men of English football. Known also as Bites Your Legs, a mainstay at Leeds United between 1962 and 1976. He also appeared for Bristol City and Barnsley. And he won 28 England Caps Generally, all as a centre back. He made his debut away against Spain in 1965 as a substitute in a 2 0 win. And despite his nickname and image, he only received one yellow card in his England time. He scored twice once against Spain in 68 and again against Wales in 1973. He too was also part of Alf Ramsey's 1966 World Cup winning squad, but never made the pitch. And like Benetti, he was awarded his winner's medal in 2009. He died Friday the 17th of April.
0: With that lethal left foot
1: really tore onto it. And the shot fairly screamed past
0: break. You don't blame goalkeepers for that. You congratulate scorers.
1: In fact, Bonetti and Hunter played three times together. Firstly, in a 1-0 away win in 1967 in Austria. And an away win over Spain in 1968, one where Hunter scored and the 1970 World Cup quarterfinal defeat to West Germany. Thank you for listening, and indeed thank you to Marco and to CJ, who told us about the Block 109 project. You can follow Marco over on Instagram... At CU nineteen sixty six and CJ part of the at England Block one hundred nine group there on Twitter. Right, I'll leave you to your day. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do at Three Lions Podcast. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. And we'll be back soon with another in our series of England at the European Championships, another supporters first England away game, and also I recently had a chat with a very high-profile journalist, and indeed England fan. Don't know which one to release first. You'll find out if you stay subscribed, and stay safe. So until the next time, cheers!